Hi, welcome friends. Thanks for joining us for another Nuts and Bolts of Church Planting webinar brought to you by Exponential and Passion for Planting. I, like always, am your host, Sean Cronin, and with me is Patrick Bradley, my co-host. Um, and we have the privilege of working for Passion for Planting, the church planting ministry of New Life Christian Church. We're uh, located in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., but every day we get to serve church planters in the United States and even internationally. And it's just our joy to be able to come alongside a church plant Planters and, you know, especially when they're uh, in the, the, the trenches of ministry trying to figure out, you know, how do we do this? How do we raise financial partners and raising support? How do we build a launch team? How do we develop disciples on that team and leaders on that team? How do we do marketing? How do we spread the word about our new church? And, you know, another thing that we think about is how do we be involved in our community? That's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get there, Patrick, I want to in invite you. Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Hey, I'm uh, just excited to be here on this super practical topic, and um, I, I just love uh, doing stuff like this to uncomplicate church planting. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of great ideas, and at some point, you, you're out in the trenches, and, and it's time to execute. So, um, just real practical nuts and bolts kind of stuff. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to dive into this uh, community connection bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, today kind of the topic is church planting, community engagement, how to build bridges between your church and the community bef before you launch and even after you launch. Because oftentimes we've, we know that, you know, the, the, the rhythms that you create, um, the things that you do before you ever launch a worship service is going to stick with you and kind of create culture and DNA for your church for years to come. And so it's important that the things that you want your church to be known for in the future is stuff that you're doing from the very beginning. And so to help us kind of explore this topic of building bridges between your church, the community, engaging your community, serving your community, um, we have Stanley and Melissa Patton. They've joined us today on our broadcast. They're church planters, they're engaged in the community, and they've even started an organization that helps other churches engage their community. And so we're excited to kind of pick their brains on this topic. But well, before we get really dive into the topic, um, I want to introduce them and just get to know them a little bit. So welcome to the show, Stanley and Melissa. How are you guys doing today? Man, we are good, Sean and Patrick. Thanks for having us today. We appreciate it, man. It's good to be yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're plivrit, uh, we're honored to have you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We know what you were trying to say. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you for joining us today. Get, get tongue tied every once in a while. That's for sure. Um, but man, tell us a little bit about your story, about, you know, who you are, where if you planted, what, a little bit about your church story. Well, Stanley and Melissa Patton, we planted Victory Church in the great state of Florida, in the city of Melbourne. Four years ago, we actually turned four on March 6th. And so uh, that's an exciting, exciting time here in Victory World. Uh, we planted our church because obviously there was a huge need. We did all the demographic research and all the studies. And the studies show that 70% of the population of the people in Melbourne were not attending any kind of church. And that really resonated in our heart. And we said, we got to do something about this like every other planter. And so uh, we thought about birthing a church, but before we could, you know, develop a church and, and really start planting the church, we wanted to figure out really how to do three things. Well, we call them the three R's in, in kind of our culture, which is we wanted to know how to reach people in our community. We also wanted to know how to redefine uh, what it means to be a Christian in our community, because clearly people were not going to church. And then last but not least, it's this is every church planner's dream. How do you resource the church? And so that's really how our church was kind of birthed. But before we could birth the church, we realized that the best way to do that would be to start an organization that we called Victory Kids Sports First in order to do those three R's that I just kind of talked through. Again, we wanted to reach people in our community. We wanted to redefine Christianity in our context. And then last but not least, we wanted to raise support for our ministry. And that's how Victory Kids Sports was born. And that's how Victory Church was planted. Awesome. Melbourne, Florida. That's, that's my grandmother lived there for several years. And I <laughs> my neighbor, my neighbor just recently moved down there. So that just brought them, to my mind. Send them to the church, man. We got a really cool church. <laughs> I put that down. I got to reach out to Jane and say, hey, Jane, hopefully you're making good connections down there. You got to go check out Stanley and Melissa and Victory Church. All right. Absolutely. So just in case you don't know where Melbourne is, we are beachside of Orlando. So we're right here on the coast. Somebody's got to suffer for the gospel on the beach. <laughs> and so why not us? Lord, send us. So we're, we're happy to be doing ministry right here on the ocean. 
Nice, nice. And 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 I know both of you, you know, you're you're involved in ministry, you planted a church, but you've also been, you know, working really hard in your education. Stanley, you just finished your D men. Can you tell us a little bit about what was that in? What were you studying? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It is over. I feel God in that moment. I really do. Uh, it's been a long, arduous process. Uh, I had a lot of mountains to climb. No, I'm kidding. It was a really good time. Uh, so I did my, I completed my doctorate of ministry studies at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. I uh, had a really good time, good experience there. Uh, and now I don't have to be the only loser in my family because Melissa also has her doctorate. And so, <laughs> and so now I, I feel like I'm catching up to you. Uh, kind of, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be as smart, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. He has credentials now. <laughs> And yeah, Melissa, what did, what did you study in your doctorate in ministry program? Yeah, so I went to Benedictine University. I got a doctorate in education in organizational systems. So it enables me to run organizations like Victory Kids Sports and run, run schools. Oh, cool. Um, great. So, you know, you've talked about, you know, resourcing the church, reaching the community, redefining church. Um, so I imagine maybe this will have to you know, relate to your, the first question I have for you, but where uh, kind of, when did you get the vision for victory kids sports? where did that come from? Maybe is it tied to maybe a passion of yours, your background, or where'd that vision even come from? Should we take them back to the beginning to the I, beach? I think we should. I think we should go to the Dominican Republic and every year we, we love going on vacation. And so we were on vacation in the Dominican Republic in Punta Cana. I know, you know, good place to do ministry. Right. And, uh, you know, had this vision, um, that, you know what, I really wanted to birth something in our community, wanted to help kids in the community. And both of us have a sports background. Both of us were athletes in college previously. I know we still look like it. So, I'm, you know, I'm just, just saying, all right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we came up with this, this plan to start a private sports league. And, and we knew that sports leagues, especially youth sports, were a $7 billion industry. And we said, hey, why can't we redeem this for the kingdom of God and do something in our community that will actually reach people? that are far away from God and figure it out. And we did have a background in it, you know, in our area, we had been running uh, some other private sports things uh, in the community. And uh, it just seems like God was just aligning everything in that area. And so we decided to take the leap and the jump and the rest is kind of history. You know, we both understood sports. Melissa understood infrastructure. Uh, we both understood finances because we've run a couple of businesses in the area before. And it just made sense. It just made sense. Cool. So can you share, like, I know with church planters, oftentimes they're like, okay, you know, we have a vision for the church. We also have a vision for something else, you know, whether it's a coffee shop, whether it's this other ministry. Um, and, and sometimes it's hard to be able to balance both. Um, but can you tell us kind of going back at the beginning, like just some of the, maybe even some of the timeline of did Victory Kids Sports, did you kind of like start that first and get that off the ground running? Did you do it at the exact same time as building a launch team and launching the church? Um, can you share just a little bit about the, that story and that, that timeline, I guess? Absolutely. So about six months before Victory Church was birthed and planted, we started this sports league. And we first started with a week-long winter camp experience that was sports infused. And, uh, you know, our team did a really, really good job of pulling all those things together. And so we had flag football, we had soccer programs. I mean, it was, it was free to the community. We even got sponsors to kind of come on board with that uh, just to kind of, just kind of test market and kind of see if it would work. Uh, and then once it worked, we immediately rolled into a full bone football league and and it was terrible i mean i'm not gonna lie i mean it was it was horrible it was you know it, it wasn't that bad it was bad like okay it was, it the was elementary bad. school we rented didn't even like mow the lawn so the kids are out there in like waist high grass i mean it was just it just you had to laugh it was hilarious but we didn't realize that that was the beginning of a a, a year long learning experience of how we could take sports leagues and have a symbiotic relationship with Victory Church. Um, so we planted those programs. We began having really organic, natural conversations with people in our community, not about church, but just about, hey, my kid goes to Lockmar, your kid goes to Lockmar. And we were finding out those commonalities that normal people have conversations about. And when people started to like what they were experiencing, and when 10 kids in a, in a group turned into 
to 100 kids in a practice to 200 kids at a camp, we began to notice that some of those people were naturally migrating into the church because they liked the community. But before there was even a church, we had to have launch team meetings and things like that. And so this was a natural pathway to kind of, like we said, to just redefine what it meant to be a Christian in the community. And for us, that just means to live authentic lives of Christ in our community and just be our normal, natural selves. And so, you know, in doing so, one of the best ways to engage people is through their children. I was going to say through our kids, but yeah. that, we're not talking about that. <laughs> you know, we've all heard, you know, the saying that the best way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And so the best way to a person's heart is like through their kids. And so uh, we wanted to be able to get kids and gravitate them, you know, towards us. And then what we would do after every season, we would say, hey, we're going to have a party. It would be at, you know, some venue or whatever. And then we would talk about all the highlights of the, you know, events and all the sports activities. But then there was really this moment where I would get up and I would say, this is what we're really here for. Yeah. You know, we're really here because, you know, 70% of the people are not going to church and there needs to be a good multicultural, multi-generational church in this community. And I think that we can all be a part of that and we can do something with that. And so, uh, and that's how we really you know, developed a launch team, you know, people that would come from different walks of life. We, we talked to their children. They came over to various venues, came to various pizza parties and metal ceremonies and things like that. And the rest is kind of history. And we built our launch team that way organically in our community. We didn't go to a church and just grab like 50 people or 60 people from another church. We actually grabbed people from our community. That's awesome. And I have to apologize. My internet is unstable here. So if I go in and out, okay, we can blame it on the internet. I am in a sports complex. Our church actually bought an old Budweiser distribution center. Yeah. We, we've, we've been, been to your there. church. We've been there. We, we okay. went directly into your church yeah. first before we started, actually, Victory, before Kids we started Victory Kids Sports to kind of see exactly how a church could run a sports model. So we did go there and you guys gave us a really, really good tour. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And we're always changing. We've got this new thing called Shoot 360, which is like an interactive basketball training thing now. And it's really cool, but our internet is not the best, I guess, because we're sharing it with so many different. <laughs> Pay your bills. Pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> but if I if I go in and out, okay, so okay, I'm still here. I'm still here. Um, but I want to welcome anybody who's maybe joining us late. We're on with Stanley and Melissa Patton. We're talking about building bridges between your church and the community, engaging your community, serving your community, and they just shared a little bit about how they built their launch team by doing sports leagues, organizing sports leagues in their community. Um, and so if you have questions along the way, you know, if what they're sharing is, you know, maybe sparking some questions about their story or maybe something that, that you're going through, feel free to, to throw those questions in the chat so that we can address some of those questions. Um, now, Sean, I got a question. Yep. Actually, uh, right for you, uh, Stanley and Melissa. Um, how do you... Um, when, when you were doing the sports leagues and then inviting people to the, the parties and ultimately to the, to the launch team, um, how do you, like you mentioned, keeping it authentic, how do you do that so it doesn't feel like a bait and switch? <laughs> well, I think that, I mean, a lot, they could sense that this is where we were going. I mean, obviously, if you're living a life of Christ and there's a light about you, we, we always try to you know, manifest the fruits of the spirit in our life. And so those are things that I think that people could obviously see. And so it wasn't like it was the, you know, quintessential, um, what do you, what do you call that thing where you go and, and you sit down for the meeting? Yeah, it's and, like the Amway meetings. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or, or the other one. What's yeah, the timeshare? Time the timeshare. There you go. Yeah. It's like the timeshare. Like you sit there for like seven hours yeah. and then they, like, <laughs> then they tell you that they'll give you a free gas card and it's like, not, they don't give it to you, you know? So uh, we didn't, we didn't want that, but again, we wanted to be organic and we wanted to just develop friendships with people. And I think that once you become friends with people, especially through the avenue of being a part of their kids' lives, it opens up uh, an avenue for you to be able to deliver whatever that message is. And so um, I think that that was relatively organic in in our perspective. It wasn't, hey, we're trying to start a church. Do you want to be a part? It wasn't cheesy. It wasn't any of those things. It was natural. Mm -hmm. Cool. So church is about relationships then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> perhaps yeah, just a little bit, right? Organic, natural relationships, not 
prepared and planned and packaged that you get what you want out of the situation. Like I didn't read our church plant perspectives to them like, <laughs> and, and start with my testimony and then work my way down no, to when just, I was 12 years old. And, and then when I was 18, I had this, I didn't do any of those things. It was, Hey, this is what we're here for. This is why we want to do it. We would love for you to be a part. If you don't want to be a part, that's cool. No you, we can still play basketball, but, but at the end of the day, this is why we really are here. And we would love for you to participate in some kind of way, form or fashion. And, and many people did. And so um, that's how we got started through relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's great. So, you know, in order to start, you know, it's kind of really getting practical here in order to start something like a victory kids sports, um, you know, and share kind of your story. What, what resources did you, did, did you have at the beginning? Like, did you have to fundraise at the beginning in order to have, you know, some financial capital? Did you have to, like, I'm sure you couldn't do it by yourself. So you probably had to even have a, maybe some teams at the beginning, some people on your team at the beginning, <laughs> or what resource did you have at your disposal, even just to get victory kids sports off the ground? Well, it wasn't as expensive as, as most people think that it is. So one of the things that happened, uh, and this is just the sovereignty of God, is that God brought resources to us. And so uh, there was a new grocery store chain that was moving into the area and they wanted to kind of make a splash through marketing. And so, you know, we kind of did a shark take pitch. And after that <laughs> pitch, they said, yeah, we'll fund that. And so they gave us $5,000. We still have the big giant check and everything. Okay. So $5,000 to, you know, to do our first camp. And then there were other um, businesses and other grocery store chains. And I mean, just, just random people just gave to it. And we didn't really need that much money initially. It was just something that God just created. Cause again, we wanted to just have just kind of a test market at first and kind of go from there. And then obviously we raised funds after that, but we took that initial seed money and then duplicated it multiple times, you know? So we reinvested it and reinvested it and reinvested back into our sports leagues. So that way we could continue to do what we do. Very cool. And so another question that church, like church planners come to us and say, Hey, in order to, you know, serve my community in order to maybe they're fundraising that we need to be 501 C three. That's one, one question we get from church planners a lot. My question is, so did you like, did you start like a 501 C three, like nonprofit to begin with, to be able to have those partnerships? Yeah. So I think that's kind of the unique part about Victory Kids Sports. We actually hold two different designations. We have a 501c3 um, under a children's charity, which enables us to receive um, funds from municipalities. Um, we have some local, state, national government um, grants that come through. Um, it also allows us to partner with schools very easily, um, not necessarily just here in Brevard County, but we also have school districts that are nationwide um, that are enabled to give us money because of our 501c3 status. And then we also have a for-profit status. And that for-profit status was on purpose so that we can um, increase the revenue stream that comes in and support the nonprofit as well as Victory Church. Um, and so we have three different designations under the Victory Enterprise. So uh, that's very practical there. Um, one other question I have, when you guys, so, you know, oftentimes we talk about church plants and we say, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, Oftentimes, the things that you do at the beginning of a church plan, very from the beginning, will influence the culture, the DNA of the church for years to come. So think about, you know, four years in now, um, what, is the church still like very involved in, in rec leagues and doing stuff in the community? Is that still a big outreach for the church these days? Absolutely. I mean, pre-COVID, everything kind of just like we're went in a, in a tailspin during COVID. Yeah, we still have a lot of activities um, from, from a church perspective, churches shut down. I mean, you know, from that perspective. But, you know, every Easter we would do things like tournaments. What most people would do, like Easter egg hunts and things like that. Our church was heavily involved in doing, you know, big time tournaments and having, you know, just hundreds of kids and parents come out and watch little Johnny play against this team. And I mean, it gets crazy. And so it's a great way to invite. Um, you know, corporations and businesses who then love the culture and then again ask those organic questions like, what do you all have in common? This is really cool. How did this all get started? Um, I think that also out of um, our love for the community, which is probably one of the biggest things that Victory Church is known for is community outreach birth this program called the squad. It 
just happened naturally through Victory Church. It was a bunch of ladies in our church that were like, hey, we want to give back to the community and we want to do this intentionally and we want to do it a lot. And so the squad birthed about three years ago and they handle all of our community outreach when it comes to homeless shelters and domestic violence um, centers and um, Habitat for Humanity. So they're constantly doing a revolving schedule where they're reaching out to the community, which organically intersects with Victory Kids Sports. And we've even had things like shoe giveaways and things like that. So we've raised, you know, a considerable amount of resources to be able to provide computers to schools, uh, to be able to give away shoes for sports leagues, as well as sports equipment. So we have that kind of stuff donated all the time. Um, we have a couple of storage units and it looks like we own a, we, it looks like we own a gym just because people yeah. give us all kinds of stuff. And we figure out what and, to do with it. We figure it out. So we've got weights. I mean, we've got workout equipment. I mean, we look like we're a United States training center. I mean, like, it's, just, it's crazy. But, um, but yeah, the church is heavily involved in the community. And that's that was something that we wanted to keep our, our hand on the pulse for. Uh, just because that's how we got started. And again, you know, my main job is to be a cultural architect uh, here at the church. And so I want to make sure that that stays in our DNA, that we are outreach focused. That's, that's, that was, that was paramount to the mission of God. And so we want to make sure that we keep that. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So important, you know, working with church planters, what you do at the beginning is going to dictate, you know, the church to become the culture you're building. If you, if you just start with Bible studies and it kind of is just, you know, it becomes this holy huddle. It's it's hard to break that. Okay, when people are used to, okay, this is what we do. Hard to get people in a different rhythm. But when you focus and you know do Bible studies, but also do outreach and do all those things from the very beginning, um, you're not fighting that uphill battle for years to come. Trying to almost sometimes turning the Titanic is sometimes what you hear people say. <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time to turn a battleship. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and we then- got a first audience question. If I can interrupt. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Somebody out there asks, uh, does the kids youth ministry have the main share of the church's ministry now, uh, either outward or inwardly? Uh, just to kind of, can you read that question again? Yeah. Sure. Um, presuming that there's some kind of kids ministry, or youth ministry, uh, does that get the main share of like the church's focus, time, attention, resources? Absolutely. Like I said, we are kind of a multi-layered, multi-faceted organization. And so uh, the children's ministry and the kids sports are really kind of intertwined because they both reach the same types of people and the same you know, groups. And so we want to make sure that uh, that people that are coming through the sports side can make a natural progression into the children's ministry. So we are always constantly working on that symbiotic relationship between those two things. The kids sports automatically has, you know, people groups. It automatically has activities. It automatically has outreach kinds of stuff and fellowship activities already kind of included in it just because it's more than just sports leagues. We have a full blown camp. Uh, in fact, last summer, we were actually the largest camp in our community. Okay. And so God is during COVID. That's awesome. Yeah. During COVID. Uh, and it looks like this year we're going to have one of the largest camps in our community too, even with everybody opening back up. And so, um, but there's always been this natural progression to have uh, the children's ministry and the sports work cohesively together in focus and outreach activities and fellowship um, activities. And so that way we can continue to build the church because that's the reason why we started this in the first place. Even so much as to go into staffing, um, the, the sports, even though they're two different designations and entities, they share a lot of the same staff members because they have to and under, understand the faith component and integration mm-hmm. as well as the sports, because the sports is, is not a Christian organization. It's a secular organization. And, and that's by design um, to reach people that, aren't saved <laughs> essentially. So, and not all of our staff are people that no, are walking with God intentionally. No, intentionally. We wanted to keep even the staff um, at a level in which, okay, there are people that are far from God and we still want to be able to impact them in their life. And so again, we, we, we surround them by all different types of Christians. So that way uh, we can pull them into the kingdom eventually. So again, all that's a part of the strategy. Good question. It's a really good question. Yeah. I know yeah. yesterday, yesterday we were with our church planning residents and we were actually sharing our outreach strategies kind of, okay, so what is your church going to do to focus on serving the needs of your community, being involved in your community? And, you know, one of the um, things that we encourage them is say, hey, focus on an area. Like you can't do everything, especially at the beginning, you have finite resources. We say one of the jobs of a leader is to allocate finite resources to the critical growth path to, you know, you can't do everything. And so you really got to focus. And so 
you know, I love that focus with, with, with sports, with kids. And now, now it's kind of blossomed into other areas. I can see it blossoming in other areas as people get, you know, the vision. Uh, but I love the focus at the beginning. You can't do everything. So you're going to focus your time and your energy, um, into sports and to youth and to those families, um, and, and really see a big impact there. Um, and from there it can grow. Um, one question I have for you is, um, so now Victory Kids Sports. Um, I think it's it's not just happening in Melbourne, right? Aren't you ha- seeing it happen in other areas and other cities and helping other churches kind of set up similar um, outreaches? Can you share? Yeah, it's actually kind of cool. This story actually happened at Exponential. Absolutely. A few years ago, we were standing at our Exponential booth and a pastor from Iowa walked up to us and said, hey, what's all this about? And he was a you know pre previous football player and he was really into sports. And he was like, what would it look like to bring Victory Kids Sports to Iowa and help underserved you know, students. And we began having um, a really cool relationship and conversations. And um, no more than, you know, nine months later, we actually had planted our first national organization in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, um, which now services uh, most of Des Moines public school, elementary school students in their aftercare um, programs and in some of their um, virtual programming. And that was the first among many, but like I said, Exponential helped us get there because there are planters from so many different walks of life and so many different places. And so it was really, really cool to kind of see that. Uh, in addition to Exponential, we also took it to uh, some after school conferences and began to kind of build uh, the narrative there. And so, um, you know, a couple of years ago, God just decided, hey, we're going to we're going to do this on a national level. And so that's what we began to do, work with churches and work with other organizations that wanted to bring Victory Kids Sports to their community. So if if maybe someone was thinking about, hey, like maybe that would be something that would be good for us. Is there anything like what's the process to go through in order to figure out, like, is this a good fit for us? Like, is there any process that they go to to figure out, like, is this going to work here with us in our context? Anything? Yeah. So initially, it's just as simple as having a phone call with one of our representatives. It's it's a free, you know, usually an hour phone call. There's a pre-assessment um, that we ask the person to take in order to find out what the demographics of their church are and what kind of time they have on their hands. Um, and then from there, if we find it, it's helpful to go to the next step, um, Victory kind of takes um, kind of we take the burden off of people. Church planners are busy. They don't have time to plant national sports organizations in their spare time. So we do that for them and having communications with their staff at the schools, finding out what schools are in their target community. And then from there, building relationships with the community, with the church branding in order to raise awareness and get people excited about the church plant. Um, And then obviously um, the church would um, provide, you know, the opportunity to integrate into the school systems and have those relationships. And it provides just a a huge level of marketing and marketability for the church um, because we do have at this level now, uh, we've had partnerships with, you know, major league franchises and things like that. And so we've been able to, um, you know, be on courtside for games and things like that. And I mean, bring the kids down there and have a really good time with them in different municipalities. I mean, we've been able to bring uh, sports teams to the school and do, you know, kind of walk bys. And so and all this is in the name of the church. And so it creates just a whole lot of marketability for the church. And so we've seen, um, you know, some success with this. And so, like I said, we're, we're always open to that conversation and everything that we do is fully customizable. Uh, it is not a one size, you know, one kind of thing fits all because everybody is different. Um, some people are in Timbuktu and then some other people are, are in downtown Los Angeles. And so it can't be, you know, one size fits all. And so again, the first step, like I said, contact us and we'd love to be able to start that conversation and move forward in that process. So what, um, I guess, where could people go to get more information specifically about Victory Kids Sports? Go directly to our website, which is victorykidsports.org. Victorykidsports.org has all that information on there. And uh, once you go through that process, like I said, we'll be more than willing to help you in any way that we can. Another question I have for, um, so based upon the context of, you know, you know, where you're located, is it, does it matter? Like, have you, have you experienced where it's like, you know, in an, in an under-resourced community, it works better or in a more affluent community where they maybe have more sports already. Like, are you, are you almost like, because there's more competition? 
Um, well, I, I think the advantage that we have is the fact that there, I mean, there are sports leagues everywhere. Every municipality has a sports league, you know, no matter where you are, whether you're an under-resourced community or whether you're in a very affluent community, everybody has access to some type of sports, whether it's AAU or some other type of entity, mm-hmm. they're there. Okay. But our goal is not to become this, you know, everybody's going to the NBA and NFL type of group. That's not who we're trying to reach. We're just trying to reach those because those kids are already in, indoctrinated into a system. We're trying to reach kids that don't have access to sports. And a lot of those times they are people that are in underserved communities or they could be in wealthy communities that just say, you know, I'm not good enough. And so we found our niche to be in schools. And schools have a huge populace of people. Um, they have a you know a good amount of people that don't make the team. Like our seventh grader didn't make the basketball team this year. We're like, oh man, what are we gonna do? Um, but they they didn't take any seventh graders. They only eighth grade. He was the last seventh grader standing, and he didn't make the team. And so, what does he do now? Well, you know what? He can be a part of something like Victory Kids Sports. I think that the other thing, you know, we have sports in our name by design because it attracts a lot of different types of faces. It attracts kids that have ADHD. It attracts kids that have mild you know, autism. It attracts kids that are black, white, purple, blue, brown, affluent, low income. Um, But Victory provides that social emotional impact as well, which checks a lot of boxes for parents. And it checks a lot of boxes for schools when they're writing million dollar grants. And so it also allows us to have a really um, delicate but dedicated conversation to finding out what's going on in that child's head. And we know in t- today's society, if we can just put a little psychology behind this, that a lot of kids are struggling internally. And we're not just playing sports with these kids and high-fiving them, but there's social integration that helps that kid bring out what's really going on in them. And what better person for them to have a conversation with than a coach that they trust, that they see every single week. Or maybe you're a church and the youth pastor. I mean, he does he doesn't do anything all day anyway. Okay, let's, let's give him a job. <laughs> Go to school. Go. I mean, you're not. <laughs> not doing you wait. Anything. You wait until five o'clock when all the kids come to church and play dodgeball with them. Okay, you can do something else. You are okay? so wrong. You're so wrong. I'm playing golf with the worship leader in the morning. Uh, <laughs> all full time youth pastors. Okay, <laughs> sitting in your office and listening uh, to worship music is not a job. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, also, if you're if you're just joining us, welcome. Uh, we're on with Stanley and Melissa Patton. We're talking about building bridges between your community and the church. And they're sharing their experience with planting Victory Church in Melbourne, Florida, and starting Victory Kids Sports, um, and now helping other churches engage their community through sports leagues. Um, yeah, I, I love the point about yeah. You know, even in, F- like, we live, I live in Fairfax County and Loudoun County is the county next to us. I hear all the time that they're like some of the wealthiest counties in America. Um, and so we do have, like, it's amazing when I, I'm a trainer, I started, actually started it with uh, youth training specifically, um, you know, s- speed, conditioning, agility, sure. an organization called True AP. And I'm like, these people are paying me 80 bucks an hour to teach your kids to do these drills. Like, this is amazing. What? But then I realized, okay, there are some people that have those resources, but then there are a lot of people in our neighborhood that if I look, okay, there are other people that, yeah, don't have access to that sort of things. And so um, now I'm, now I'm kind of, my eyes are being open to, yeah, the opportunities that would exist even in our community for something like a victory kids sports. Um, one thing, one question I have for, for you guys for victory kids sports. So, you know, Patrick, asked earlier about the kind of the bait and switch of how you build your launch team. Now with Victory Kids Sports, um, you know, one question we have around here, we've got, we've got one, uh, an organization here called Slam City and they do basketball training, do AAU, different types of uh, basketball leagues. Um, and Walt Webb, the guy who owns it, um, you know, he prays oftentimes, he'll pray with uh, the kids before a practice, before different sessions, because he's a Christian and says, hey, you know, this is just who we are. I, I, my question is for, for Victory Kids Sports, is that often, if you're doing it with public schools, is there an opportunity to do spiritual things in the program? Or is it kind of like, no, just build relationships. And then, you know, kind of in your off time, you know, there's an opportunity to, to share your faith um, sort of thing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, well, Sean, we have to define what is what are spiritual things. Okay, we have, we have to figure that out. What are spiritual things? So is building a relationship intentionally with the sole purpose of being able to bring them back to church? Is that a spiritual thing? I would answer absolutely. Um, obviously, when you're on a campus, there are like gospel conversations that you're just not supposed to have. But can you have 
spiritual fruit conversations and talk through the fruits of the spirit, love, peace, joy, kindness, those kinds of things, which our curriculum is really based on. Okay. So it's really based on those kinds of things. And that is very spiritual. Uh, Can we live out our lives in front of people uh, in such a manner that they, they would say there's something about them. Can we live out our light in this school? And that is spiritual. Absolutely. Uh, but in terms of me going and proselytizing and say, you're going to go to hell if you don't reach, you know, find Jesus. Like we wouldn't do that anyway. <laughs> okay. We wouldn't, we wouldn't do that yeah. anyway. And so the goal is to create, like I said, an organic bridge with people. And you would be surprised when people come to you and say, Hey, you know, having a tough time or my parents are getting divorced or, you know, I'm, I'm going, or, you know, I'm getting ready to take a test. Like, can you pray for me? Like that happens organically and naturally. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with those kinds of things. I think the, the, also one of the cool things that we do with our, um, our, our kind of our church per- partners is we have the opportunity. We do two seasons. So we do a season in the fall and we do a season in the spring with all of the kids that are, that they've, you know, kind of brought into their program, which is usually four to five elementary schools that are within five to seven miles of where their church is. And then at the end of the season, we have a big tournament. We bring in national sponsors, um, shoe companies, and they do giveaways. And the coolest thing is, is that the church has the biggest sponsorship. So they're kind of right there in the middle as the families and the kids come and they're getting things excited. We're playing Christian rap. um, So there's some faith integration there. Um, And then there usually is a prayer during that tournament just to pray that everyone is um, safe um, and that, you know, that they feel like there's someone they can talk to. Um, and, and then we kind of get started with the tournament. And you know, these are tournaments with over 300 families. Um, every kid brings three or four, you know, parents and a couple of siblings. So they, they're big. And grandparents love yeah. to watch babies. And okay. it's so it's exciting. <laughs> it, it incorporates that faith. Um, but it, again, it's not as cross-sizing and, and kind of in their face and, and all that. Kind of thing. And, and because the church is the highlight of the event, uh, again, there's a whole lot of opportunities for the church to really impact people in, in such a way. And so, like I said, we're, we're really gearing people up to this moment. It's kind of like launch day for church planters. Yeah. We're gearing people up for this moment, uh, really saying, Hey, we're really cool. We're really awesome. And the only job for the church is like when they get there, don't suck. Okay. Just make sure that you are, uh, excuse my French. I'm sorry. I'm being frank and I'm being honest, but <laughs> make sure when they get there, like you have the really good worship singer there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> make sure, make sure that you, you know, you preach your really your best message. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just make sure uh, that all your greeters, like the ones with the really good attitude and are really excited, put them at the door that week. Don't put the people that they don't care about Jesus there that week. But I'm saying that, you know, in kind of a funny and joking manner, but again, it, it is, it is a launch moment. You have all these people here. Uh, you are the host of this thing. And now it's time for it's game day. This is the Super Bowl here. And so we want to make sure that, and we have a process to work through all of our planners. And we have so many different things that checklists that they have to do, you know, in order to get to that place, because this is your moment. You want all these people to, to matriculate into your church or to somebody else's church, if, if that's not your concern, but we want to get these people into the kingdom of God. And so we want to make sure that we're prepared for that. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, what you shared. I'm curious there. about the flip side of that, if I can uh, uh, interject, Sean. Um, so on the one side, it's kind of like bait and switch, but on the other side, there seems to be this gravitational pull for like outreach kind of organizations to um, to gravitate away and, and eventually kind of leave Jesus out of it and become another like you know Rotary Club or or whatever. So how do you manage that gravitational pull? We are not designed to be like the Rotary Club or the Frozen Chosen or anything like that. We're designed for movement and um, and to keep moving people into another step. And that's really what we're designed to do. We want people to take that first step. These are people that may not know God or maybe they do know God. We don't know the answer to that, but we want them to take a step. Well, what step is that? Let's first let's build a relationship. And once we build a relationship then I can take you another step. That next step may be now that we're comfortable with one another, let's start sharing things with each other that are meaningful to each other. And, you know, maybe for you, maybe that's, you know, your parents are going through a divorce or maybe they're, you know, maybe it's a school issue, whatever. To me, you know what? It's the hope and love of Jesus Christ. Okay. I can share those kinds of things with you once we build a relationship and it's not awkward and it's not weird. Okay. And so what our, our job is at Victory Kids Sports is just to move people closer and closer to 
to Jesus in a very natural and organic, systematic way until we bring them to that tournament, which ultimately we try to get them into the church. And then once they're at the church, the rest is up to the church. And the church has to have a process of discipleship like every church should. And we have to have a process for outreach like every church should. So again, we're just a vehicle to try to get you one step closer to Jesus. That's all that we are. Well, thank you guys. I want to go back to the, uh, when we were thinking about, yeah, just, you know, incorporating, you know, incorporating Jesus and the gospel and what we're doing spiritually in here and not just teaching sports. Um, you know, for me personally, working as a, a fitness instructor here at the end zone, um, I can't remember when I do it, but I, you know, I'll lead a, a boot camp class with 30 adults. And I remember one time when we were stretching at the end, just saying something, I can't remember what I said. But one of my friends, Kush, who's he's a Hindu, but he says he's an atheist. He was like, man, that was really good. Like, you should do that more often. Um, and so, like, every class I would, like, just start saying that. Eventually, like, I didn't say, like, one class I just, like, wasn't thinking about it. And I was stretching him out. And he just goes, hey, what's the good word today? What's the good word? I'm like, what? He's like, aren't you going to give us something? I'm like, oh, right. And so now, like, every time when we stretch, I preaching like Jesus wept. (laughs) (laughs) I preached something yesterday. Yesterday, my, my thought, I was thinking about spring and I said, Hey, the good word for today is that you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. If you put in hard work here at class, okay, you're going to reap the benefits. If you lay, if you're eat junk food, if you don't do anything, you're going to reap the consequences. And so, you know, I was just sharing, you reap what you sow yesterday. And, you know, I, during Easter, I told, told the Easter story, but they, they kind of just opened themselves up to having these conversations and fitness. I found there's so many parallels between fitness. Absolutely. And, um, and, and we have that, we have that built in. We do have a curriculum moments, yeah. and it's called the victory moment. And that victory moment is based on scripture, you know, for people that are believers, they'll say, I know that one. But for those that aren't, they're like, wow, that was really good. Like, yeah, that that's amazing. And you're like, dude, that was just like John three, you know, three sixteen. That's all it was. Like, <laughs> the cool thing though, is that we're able to pad the workout. The workout's only 30 minutes. We it, So the majority of it is victory moment. We start out with it. We integrate it throughout the entire workout session. And then we, we hit them at heart at the end and it gets kids to open up and have conversations on a basketball court on a soccer field. And those conversations are connected to if we're dealing with a group of second and third graders, well, let's talk about some things that you're scared about, or we're doing FSA testing right now, um, which is a standardized test to go on to fourth grade. You know, tell me about you know how your FSA test and how hard work on the basketball court also looks like hard work when you're you're testing on in an FSA exam. So there, there's 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 moments where we can integrate those types of things to relate it to what they're going through. And they're very strategic and, and they're very poignant. You know, because like I said, the goal is to move people one step closer, you know, and every moment is one step closer. And so, again, like you said, you know, a Hindu, a person that says that he's an atheist who probably believed in a pantheon of gods before he believed in no God is saying, what's the word of the day? And then you're telling him, you know, here's the word of the day from this, this God that he may not even know. So you're, you're like the apostle Paul who <laughs> is, is standing there in, you know, the Epiopagus and, and he's talking to the Stoic philosophers and saying, Hey, to the unknown God, and there's all these other gods, but yet he's delivering this message in his context. And so um, I think that, you know, that's who we are. We're, we're modern day tent makers in a context, uh, trying to move people steps you know, closer to God every single time that we meet with them. Right. Yeah. And I, and I wouldn't have a relationship with Kush or anybody else really. And not been for working out together. Would not have been for working out together in the adrenaline boot camp. Yeah. And so it <laughs> provides us, it builds that bridge um, between us and them to have these conversations. And so, yeah, fitness brought us together. Um, another question for Victory Kids Sports. Are there, what sports are, like, do you do? Are there like, like an exclusive football, basketball, or like what sports are, um, do you participate in or can lead? In this yeah. Time. So when we're talking about our church partners, um, really, we customize it based upon the sport that's popular in their community or a sport that's missing. Um, generally, it's usually soccer or basketball. It's really easy to do tournaments and do teams and and, and get kids involved in those sorts of things. But we've done all types of sports. Yeah. Before. And, and it's easy for those two sports. It's very easy to do co-ed. So, so you're not excluding girls and things like that or boys or whatever. And so it's very easy to kind of mesh genders at that particular age group. Cause we normally focus on the middle school and under groups, you know, for that. 
Um, and, and there's a whole process. Why? Because we've all heard the studies that people come to faith at ages, you know, before 12 or whatever. And so that's the reason why we have that type of focus. But again, we've done all kinds of sports within our camp series. We've done pickleball. We've done, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, in our camp series, um, which is perfect for vacation Bible schools that don't want the boxed, um, kind of cookie cutter program. Um, we actually break the summer up into weeks and they're based on themes. And, you know, you have a sports coach that coaches a curriculum and teaches a different sport from foundation to play um, every single week. And pickleball actually is really popular, popular. in the South. People love pickleball. Because you don't have to, <laughs> I don't know if this is okay, but you don't have to actually be athletic to do pickleball. Patrick, you is, know? Patrick is shaking his, Patrick is like, yeah. I, that, that's my speed right there. <laughs> Patrick's like, that might be my sport. <laughs> He's like, that sounds fun. <laughs> But yeah. we, we've done like like we have martial arts, we have yeah. all kinds of stuff. Cheerleading and so, is right. really popular so we, for boys and girls. Right, we have it's not gender specific in cheerleading. Right, and so we have all kinds of sports like like that we've offered in the past, and so we're not exclusively just a football, basketball. You know, we call those the big sports. You know, <laughs> soccer, um, but we've done even some of the minor sports that people haven't heard of, and so again, volleyball. We've done all of them. Nice. Well, I since you mentioned pickleball, I've got I've got a park there for a little while my dad is a huge pickleball player <laughs> sorry like, he's, not, he's not very pickleball is awesome come on man <laughs> but he'll play pickleball two times a day he gets up early oh to work to play and then he'll play in the afternoon this is in buffalo new york my mom's like dude the little snow and they'll get out there with their shovels oh and play pickleball <laughs> because of covid they would normally be inside but because of covid they're like oh sure. we'll do it outside that's, that's right, right. You're a little crazy, Dad. But. Pickleball is the truth, man. You better get on it. <laughs> I know. I play, and when I go back home to visit, he's like, you want to come play? You going to play with me? I'm like, ah, maybe. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, looks like hey, we got another play. question from the audience. Yeah. Uh, so they're wondering, it's kind of a staffing question. So are, are you all managing the business side and doing the weekly teaching preaching at the church? Uh, like, how do you manage all that? Do you have other staff? Yeah, we do. We do have an amazing team and staff, but yeah, I'm the main communicator still at the church. I mean, I planted the church. So I should be right. Um, we don't have a teaching pastor. I'm the teaching pastor. <laughs> um, we have, uh, you know, numerous amounts of staff, but uh, again, it, it's, it's not as difficult as most people think. Okay. Cause I know you're like, well, this is huge. This is a huge undertaking. No, the one, the one focus that I have to do is, is make sure that, that I stay studied up and I stay prayed up and prepared to be able to deliver a message. The business side is normally handled by another side. It's the advantage that I have. I have a really cool, amazing support system in Melissa Patton. She is fantastic in everything that she does. And so that's the side that she normally runs. So she's normally our operations person. Uh, so she can handle all the business stuff by herself. I do have input in there. I do get to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I see. Uh, but normally she can handle all of that. And I can devote a lot of my time directly to just building church. I think, I think the reason why it works for our dynamic and for the person that asked the question, I, I think I understand why it's because we question. love each other, it right? What's love got to do with it? Okay. But I, I think it's because <laughs> Stanley's a visionary. Now we're both visionaries. If you were to separate us, we would both be visionaries, but in our relationship, he casts vision and I make vision happen. And I make vision happen, not just by myself, because as victory has gotten larger, we've had to accumulate more staff and more departments. For example, when we started, we didn't have an HR team. I was the one posting positions. I was the one training staff. I was the one workflowing. I was creating all the systems. Well, now we're you know four and a half years into it, and I have an entire HR team. Um, I have a billing, um, you know, accounts payable and billing team because payments would not come in if we didn't have somebody to manage with those people. kinds of things. Um, and it's the same thing that happens in any organization. You know, as you particularly grow you got to be able to add different components to keep the growth moving forward and keep the momentum going forward. So the same has happened on the church side. As we grow, we have to move things you know, to the next level. And so again, it's not as difficult as most people think that it is. You just continue to just push and grow and develop and you put the things around it in order to continue to see that growth and development. We've got a few more minutes, a few more minutes left. So yes, if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat. Um, so you mentioned the, the church um, growing. So kind of go on the church side. 
Can you just describe on the church side? So, Stanley, you handle the preaching and the teaching. Melissa, do you have a role with the church? Are there other staff members on the church side that that help you accomplish everything you want to accomplish for the church specifically? Absolutely. Yeah. So in, in, in a kind of a modern context, I serve as an executive pastor, essentially. I'm chief operations officer, depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> and, and so Stanley Cast Vision, we have obviously meetings. They're actually very formal, like where we set aside time for an hour or two, we talk about vision, and then he talks about how he wants to implement. And then I go to the different systems within the church. Um, so we have a team that handles, um, you know, children. We have a team that handles, I mentioned, you know, kind of organizational structure and people that are doing operations and, and things with the community and outreach. There's a team for that. There's a huge emphasis on music. So we have a music team as well. And then the experience, because a lot of things that we're geared towards is Sunday mornings, you know, we're geared towards that, ex- that worship experience. And so there's a lot that happens throughout that. And then we are a heavy multimedia, you know, driven type of church. And so we have a lot that goes with that, especially in the you know days of COVID and things like that previously, um, you know, thank God that we had those kind of systems already in place. And so um, we've had an amazing team that we've been able to hand select and develop over a period of time uh, that could really help our church keep, keep growing and developing because it's, it's needed. And every church planner knows these things. Like you've got to get a team. Uh, no one can plant a church alone. If you're planting a church alone, that church is going to just eat you up and spit you out. Like that's just what's going to happen. We all need people to surround us. Even Jesus needed at least 12 dudes. One of them didn't work out so good, but Hey, we got salvation out of it because of him. So <laughs> I'm not mad at Judas. Okay. And so again, we, Jesus needed a team and we all need a team. So we're only as good as our team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The question from the audience here, uh, does Victory Church have a permanent church building? Uh, if so, do you utilize the physical facilities for the sports programs as well? That's a really good question. So the answer to that is no. So we're a four-year-old church plant. We don't have our own facility. We have two rented facilities. We have one that's specifically for the church. And then we have one that is for uh, the sports side of things. And that's the, I think the beauty of, you know, anyone that's listening, that's a church planner. That's like, I can't do this. I don't have a gym. I don't have a headquarters. You don't need it. All of the programs that we do um, nationally are done in either other church facilities that we rent, or they're done in schools, or they're done in community um, grassy areas or community centers. So there is no need for a facility for any of this. We know you don't need a facility to plant a church. You know, um, right. you definitely don't need a facility to run a sports program. Right, and we and we've all heard the stories of people that have been in the school for 15 years and they have the badge of honor. Like we're going to move into our permanent facility uh, one day. We will get there, but as we've continued to grow. Um, it's very difficult for us to figure out how to put both of those things together without, you know, spending a ginormous amount of money. And mm-hmm. so uh, there, there's some things on the horizon that we're looking into. And so uh, prayerfully keep praying for us, Victory Church and uh, Victory Kids Sports. We moving into one facility. Yeah, we want to get married soon. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to keep going back and forth between two different places. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talked about, you know, resourcing the church and especially when you are at the beginning, it's kind of like, okay, how do you take advantage of the resources that are already in the community, right? You know, how do you take advantages of those schools that maybe don't get used all the time or the park that isn't getting used all the time? You know, don't feel like you have to have that all yourself when, you know, God's, God owns it. You know, It's readily available. It's readily available. And the better that you can um, develop inroads into your community, it just will create a narrative for you. That's what we call it in Victory World, but it's a narrative that um, that people can gravitate to and see that there's energy and, and obviously it's the Holy Spirit moving behind your church. And so uh, we had a yay God moment that even in the middle of, you know, COVID, um, our sports stuff still grew. You know, we had a uh, an opportunity to create what what some people theoretically call a pandemic pod. And so when schools closed down, uh, we had an opportunity because we had another facility that we could open up that facility and people could bring their kids to that facility and we could do online learning and training. We had a person in our church that was a teacher and said, hey, I don't plan on going back. So I'm available. You know, if you guys open this, I would love to come alongside the church and do something with that. And so in the middle of COVID, we had, you know, several kids that were doing 
in-home learning or, you know, hybrid types of learning within the church environment. And so that was really cool. We saw that. And then it grew, you know, to a point where we're like, okay, we need to just concentrate on what we have going on. And that really birthed the business for this lady that was in our church. And so now she's doing very well with that. And so that's a yay God moment. Then we saw moving from there, we had a spring break camp and we saw it grow and develop when everybody else was closed. We were open. No one had COVID, no, no issues, no, you know, problems or anything like that. And we had the biggest spring break that we've ever had. And that was a yay God moment. Uh, We also took some time to develop what we call Victory Virtual. And Victory Virtual is really the sports stuff kind of in a online format. And it's it's kind of like Nickelodeon with sports like on steroids. OK, that's the best way that I can put it. Um, it's a really, really good program. And we were actually able to market it to schools and we saw a lot of schools pick that up. So people were doing Victory virtually um, and our city actually just bought it just like a couple of weeks ago. And so our city is going to be doing like here we are where this church plant that that started the sports league and now our city that we read city of Titusville is, mm-hmm. is actually going to utilize our programming uh, to reach their entire community. And so we're really excited about that. And I think that's when we talk to church plants, um, I think that's one of the things that maybe they don't realize is the opportunity to not just be in the the kind of a faith world, but also to venture outside through municipalities. And, and, you know, Victory Kids Sports has afforded us the opportunity to have another arm, Um, you know, a year and a half ago, Stanley and I stood before city council and proposed this program to, you know, how many church planners get the opportunity to propose a program like that. So I think getting in touch with city, getting in touch with parks and rec, having connections with your school intentionally, I think all of those things really help not only develop your relationship with people in the community, but help grow your church. But, ultimately. These, but these are gatekeepers. And so, you know, you know, you hear Melissa talking about municipality leaders, but, you know, standing in front of city council, the mayor's there, the vice mayor's there, you know, all these people are there and they're hearing about our story and hearing about what we want to do. Uh, and they actually said, we want to give you more money. <laughs> like, we, this is cool. This is awesome. We want to give you money uh, to be able to do this program. And we want to give you more. We think it's going to take more. So here's here's more. I mean, when do you ever hear those kinds of stories? And so, again, I believe that God is in this. Clearly, he's in this. And so um, we're just kind of just walking into what God already has pre, kind of preordained for our lives. And to any church player that's out there, like I said, if you would love to, you know, we'd love to talk to you and work with you uh, in the near future. Just let's, you know, hook us up, call us, you know, tell us what you want. And then we'll go from there. Our website again is victorykidsports.org. And if you want to know more about the church, it's victory MLB, like major league baseball, victorymlb.com. And uh, we would love to uh, talk to you further. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. I know. And thank you for whoever asked that question about facilities. Um, that is something that I'm, you know, really passionate about. You know, I moved down to Northern Virginia, thought I would never leave Buffalo, New York. And I know people are like, what? You like Buffalo, New York? That's where I'm from. Never thought I would leave. We but... know why you moved from Buffalo, New York. We know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the bills. I love Buffalo wings. I love the <laughs> But, um, you know, moving down here to work for New Life in the end zone, the sports complex, it kind of opened my eyes up to thinking about, okay, how is how do you build bridges between the church and the community? I've, I've been a part of churches where it's easy once you have your own facility to kind of almost retreat there uh, and kind of that be your turf. And then, you know, it's sometimes that's why we built the end zone because we wanted it to be neutral turf. We wanted it to be the community's turf. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when they get to a point when God works on their heart and all of a sudden they're like, I need a faith community or I'm open to that. What church are they going to go to? Are they going to go to a church that they have a relationship already with because they work out there because they have friends there right. um, or that church that maybe they've never been to? It looks kind of scary. What's on the other side of those walls? I don't know. Um, but when when you can, you know, maybe once you get to the facility, you've obviously already have those relationships with community leaders, with people in your community. Um, and, I'm, and I, you know, just thinking about that as church planters is facility wise, facility wise, how are you making sure that your facility is neutral territory and the community can identify it as theirs, not just, oh, that's their church's facility, but this is ours. It's part of our community. Um, you know, I think it's, it's building bridges to that. community. And we've always envisioned that we've always imagined our church being a community center. One of the, the, the biggest issues that we have with a lot of churches. And, you know, if, you, if you're one of these kind of churches, close your ears, but the church that's like 
Okay. Clothes like every day of the week, and it's then on Sunday, Sunday you're like the one that you the know, three hours. yeah, like that's it. They just let us close again. Ah, uh, it drives me nuts. And it's, it's like open up your building and allow yeah. people to be able to do you know things. Whatever your the thing is, you know, just use it or run it out to people like us who are looking to fill it with programming, and we have the resources to pay you um, so that you can use that to do something else, you know. But so many doors are closed. The church needs to open their doors. That's the whole point of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and again, Jesus reached, you know, thousands of people and he never had a facility, <laughs> never had a facility. Yep. All right. Um, well, we're coming up on time and I just feel led to, I want to pray for you guys um, in Victory Kids Sports. Um, anything specific that we can be praying for you? Anything specific going on or any well, I, think, I think you already brought it up. I think the facility. So we're like, we're in the process of identifying some facilities in the near future that uh, um, prayerfully we can go out and buy. And uh, these are huge undertakings to do like every other church planner has to do eventually one day. And so um, pray that God will reveal that and open up hearts and, and minds and wallets and all of that stuff. So that way we can continue to do this. Cool. Well, let me pray for you guys and then we'll, and then we'll go our separate ways. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, Stanley and Melissa and for Victory Kids Sports, for Victory Church and the impact they're having not only in Melbourne, but in, in different cities um, through, their, through their ministry and uh, the difference they're making in kids' lives and families' lives. Um, we just want to thank you for that. Um, and um, I pray that you would be with them as they look for a facility, as they look for a facility that they can use um, to be able to serve their community. Um, to be able to be that place, that safe place where people can come and, you know, hear the gospel, hear your good news, hear how you're changing us, how you're transforming us, how you're reconciling us to um, you through your son, Jesus, God. And so, God, we pray for, um, you know, you to, to lead them to the right place, but then also to provide, you know, the the money that they might need, the, the relationships that they'll need to be able to, um, you know, make it a safe place um, and to run all the, the programs and the, the ministry that you have in mind. Um, for that space, God. And so lead them, guide them, provide um, in that way. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Um, it's in his name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Brooks. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back on for in two more weeks for another episode of our Nuts and Bolts Church Planting. All right. We will see you guys then. All right. Cool. See you guys. Thank you.